are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, October 22nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go out and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Blackhawks your first listen here today and for tuning into the show before the start of your weekends. On the show today, ugh, I'll go over the Blackhawks. Fifth consecutive loss now to open up the season after falling 4-1 to to the Vancouver Canucks last night. Then I'll also be sure to go over all the key stats and takeaways that I had from the contest as well as where the Blackhawks go from here. And then to wrap things up, I'll also discuss the latest rumors around the league on head coach Jeremy Colleton's job status at the moment, which I think everyone who's a fan of the Blackhawks is interested in right now after this disastrous start. And speaking of this disastrous start, let's open things up here today with the Blackhawks. 4-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks last night, which was the second consecutive game that they dropped at the United Center by a score of 4-1. And it was uh, another frustrating one to be in attendance for, ladies and gentlemen. Before I get into my quick recap, though, I do first want to be sure to go over the lineup that head coach Jeremy Colleton decided to roll with last night, because if you tuned into the episode yesterday, then you know that the practice session that the Hawks held on Wednesday really didn't give out any sort of indication as to what the lineup could look like versus Vancouver. And then also during the morning skate yesterday, the the Blackhawks, they did announce who was going to be in and out of the lineup, but there weren't any line rushes or anything. So I I still didn't have any idea as to what the four lines themselves were actually going to look like. So what Colleton did decide to roll with last night, starting with the uh, the first line, was that was Brandon Hagel, Kirby Doc, and Patrick Kane skating together. The second line was Dominic Kubalik, Jonathan Taves, and Jujar Kara. Interestingly enough, joined those two on the Hawks' second line. Uh, the third line was Alex DeBrinkett, Henrik Borgstrom, and Dylan Strom, which I was very happy to see DeBrinkett and Strom skating together in Strom's season debut. And as I mentioned on the show yesterday as well, if Dabrinkit wasn't skating on the top line with Patrick Kane, then he better had been skating with Dylan Stroman. That's exactly where he was for a handful of his shifts last night. And then the fourth line for the Blackhawks was Tyler Johnson. Not happy to see him there. Skating along with Mackenzie Whistle and Ryan Carpenter. But listen, something has got to change here in a hurry for the Blackhawks because, again, last night, these four lines didn't do anything at five on five and that's been the case now for all five games here to start the season and I get you know starting with that second line I get that Colleton was wanting to get a little bit more physicality up there by throwing Kara with 
Taves and uh, Taves and Kubalik, and to his credit, actually, on the back check and defensively, um, I actually did think adding Kara to that second line made made a difference. But the real problem with this Blackhawks team right now is they can't score any goals at even strength. So I'm not really sure how moving up a um, uh, a big lug like Jujar Kara with. Jonathan Taze and Dominic Kubalik, who, you know, those two aren't exactly the fastest skaters on the team either. I'm not sure how that was going to help this team at all on the offensive side of things. So I was pretty disappointed to see that decision made by Jeremy Colleton. And also, I can't lie, the thing that's frustrating me and making me the most disappointed is that through five games now, like, I get Colleton, he's trying to mix and match and I get he's trying to balance the forward lines, but we haven't loaded up at all. Like, what needs to happen for us to see Debrinkit, Taves, and Kane, or Debrinkit, Stroman, Kane we didn't even see last night? Or how about Debrinkit, Doc, and Kane more consistently? Not Hagel, Doc, and Kane. Not Kubelik, Taze, and Jujar, Kara. Like, ugh. And everything that Jeremy Calton has gone with through these first five games... It hasn't worked, you know, and once again last night, the Blackhawks failed to score an even-strength goal. That still leaves them with only three through their first five games. That's absolutely dreadful. Jeremy Colleton, let's stop being cute about it, buddy. Go and load up the big guys here, and let's get some more offense going in this lineup, you know? Like, it's frustrating, man. And another thing I wanted to add, I get Ryan Carpenter has value and is a good fourth liner, a good grinder, responsible defensively and everything, a good penalty killer. But we need offense right now. Get Adam Gaudet in the lineup. You know, I, I don't, I don't, at this point, I don't know how you can bench him any longer in favor of guys like Mackenzie Entwistle or Ryan Carpenter, you know, especially when the penalty kill is playing fine. Like, we need offense. Get Adam Gaudet in there because we, even especially the bottom six has done nothing. Like we need all the offense that we can get at this point. And I still think Jeremy Colleton hasn't given us our best options to succeed from an offensive standpoint. So I think that's something that he really needs to focus on now more, more so than ever, because clearly nothing is working three, even strength goals through five games. Let's load up the big guns, but getting into a quick recap of the game last night, the first period actually was probably the Blackhawks' best of the night once again, just like it was on Tuesday against the Islanders. And also, like Tuesday against the Isles, even though the Hawks came out looking sharp out of the gate, the Canucks still managed to open up the scoring with a goal from Jason Dickinson in the slot. And of course, who else but former Blackhawk Matthew Highmore to get the primary assist on the opening goal. And this one, it was a toughie for the Blackhawks' defense to surrender because... There were four guys all there in the area. Riley Stillman, Brandon Hagel, Patrick Kane, Kirby Dock. I'm looking at it right now watching the highlight. They were all there, but none of them properly covered Dickinson in the low slot. He finds the soft spot in coverage, beats Lankin in glove high with the one-timer, and that put the Canucks ahead one to nothing early. And those type of plays are so even more so frustrating right now for the Blackhawks because... They can't score goals offensively, so when you have a, a semi-little breakdown like that come back to cost you early on in the game, you know, it hurts even more because there's nothing going on from the offensive side of things. Uh, and looking at how this kind of, how this breakdown 
went about. Patrick Kane was in the area, but decided to kind of float up more towards the point, which I really don't blame him for, considering there were three other players in the area. Um, Kirby Doc was facing the wrong way, and Brandon Hagel kind of, I think, is the one to blame here because he was playing a little bit too far inside and, and was more so defending an area instead of defending the man. And that's what gave Dickinson, you know, uh, that little soft spot in the Blackhawks zone. So a frustrating goal for the Hawks defense to give up there after, again, coming out with, uh, with uh, a pretty good start and some noticeable pep in their step. But fortunately, less than two minutes after Dickinson opened up the scoring, the Blackhawks responded on their first power play opportunity of the night. They cashed in to get it right back as Patrick Kane, as he always Always seems to do found Alex Dabrinkit backdoor and Dabrinkit roofed a shot past Canucks goaltender Thatcher Demko to tie the game 1-1 in the first period. And by the way, in my episode yesterday, I accidentally said that Yaroslav Halak was probably going to get the start for the Canucks, and that wound up being uh, some faulty information that I got at the Canucks morning skate. I was told Halak was going to be in that, but obviously that didn't wind up happening. So apologies to all my listeners out there for that little hiccup that I had on the show yesterday. But after that power play goal by Dabrinkit, that was all she wrote for the Blackhawks on offense. Again, absolutely nothing going on at even strength throughout the remainder of the game. And in the second period, just like the just like the Isles did on Tuesday, the Canucks, that's when they started to get better and some of the momentum started to go to their side. There were actually a ton of similarities between the game on Thursday between the Canucks and the game on Tuesday between the Islanders, kind of an odd amount of similarities. Um, but then, you know, after not a whole lot was going on offensively through the first half, the Canucks get their best cycle of the period. Get, the Blackhawks get caught with uh, some tired players on the ice. Quinn Hughes walks the blue line beautifully, gets some separation from Jonathan Taze, and fires a shot on net that winds up getting redirected in front by Tanner Pearson and past Lankinen to give the Canucks their lead right back by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, And uh, just a toughie here again by the Black... This is like, they need to take a page out of the Canucks book here. This is how you get it done, by scoring some grindy and gross goals. And this wound up being the game winner here. As I said, you know, uh, the Blackhawks kind of get caught in a long shift. Good cycle by the Canucks. They go high to low, high to low again. Quinn Hughes creates some separation at the blue line. Pearson gets some body position in front of the net on Calvin DeHaan, and then he just manages to uh, get a piece of that shot from Hughes, and it winds up beating Lankinen, and that wound up being the game winner, folks. Again, the Blackhawks have not done enough of that, not scored any gritty goals so far this season. And then towards the end of the period, Strom gets called for hooking, Connor Murphy gets called for slashing. That puts the Canucks on a five-on-three, and Brock Besser stuffs one home to make it three-to-one Vancouver. Credit to Kevin Lankinen, though, for making a tremendous first stop on Besser, but he he just didn't have any help on the rebound with the Hawks down two men. And that basically was all she wrote for the Hawks. The third period, like Tuesday, not all that impressive, especially when they should be giving it everything they got to try and come back without a win on on the year. And through the opening 15 minutes of the third period, the Blackhawks had only five shots on goal, man. They just could not do anything. 
They did get a six-on-four opportunity with Kevin Lankin and pulled in the final couple of minutes. They were on the power play. They had some good looks, but just couldn't find a way to beat Demko. And Garland hops right out of the penalty box for a breakaway and taps home the empty netter. And that gave the Blackhawks their second consecutive 4-1 to loss at the United Center and also their fifth consecutive loss to open up the season, dropping their record down now to 0-4-1, marking the worst start by the franchise in nearly 25 years, dating back to the 1997-1998 regular season. All right, there's my recap of the Blackhawks' loss to the Vancouver Canucks last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'll also share some other stats and takeaways that I have from the game, as well as some thoughts on where the Blackhawks go from here. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has reached October. Both leagues are in the championship series. The NFL and college football also are now in the midst of their seasons. The UFC has some incredible title fights coming up in the next month. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, hockey season is back. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now on the show here today, I also wanted to be sure to go over some key stats and takeaways that I had from last night's loss to the Canucks as well. First, I think everyone knows that probably the biggest problem with this Blackhawks team right now is they literally cannot score a goal at even strength unless it comes in garbage time. Through five games, over 300 minutes of hockey, the Blackhawks not only have not had a lead, but they've also now been outscored 17 to 3 at even strength. And I actually said uh, it was 17 to 3 on yesterday yesterday's episode. Oops. At that point it was only 15 to 3, but somehow I guess I was actually only foreshadowing the future for the Blackhawks as they now have been outscored 17 to 3 at even strength. And the 17 goals allowed at even strength through 5 games, that's not the issue here, especially when the penalty kill unit has been really solid too. I'll have more on the PK here in just a moment on the show. But the three goals scored, is it's just flat-out embarrassing. I, I don't know what's wrong with the offense right now, but there's just not a whole lot going on. Everything is a one-and-done. They chip the puck in. Maybe they get one scoring chance every now and again, but they're almost never able to either build up a long cycle in the offensive zone or create two or three quality looks on the same sequence. It's always one-and-done right now. And to me... It also just looks like they're always one step behind. You know, in transition, the passes either aren't quick enough or they're not hitting the speed when they need to be, and it's forcing them to dump the puck in a lot, and that's 
really never been the strength of this team the last few years. Not too much size in that top six where there's a lot of skill. And then when they dump it in, they just also never really seem to have the tenacity along the boards to win the battle. So because of all this, it's it's just beyond frustrating to watch at this point because I don't like I don't know what they need to do differently aside from loading it up, you know, a top line of Debrinka, Taze, and Kane, a second line of Kubalik, Doc, and either Strom or Tyler Johnson on the other wing, in my opinion. Because right now, this mixing and matching thing, that's clearly not working, you know. And as I've said before, there hasn't been a a single line combination so far this year that's jumped off the screen to me and been like, oh, wow, we need to keep these guys together. No, that hasn't happened. So if I were Jeremy Colleton, I would be willing to try literally everything and anything right now with only three even strength goals through the first five games of the season. Another takeaway that I had from last night, the superstars, to me, just need to step up more for this team right now. Patrick Kane still only got one even strength point on the season, along with only one goal. I don't know if he's still dealing with this nagging injury and if it's keeping him from being on top of his A game. Uh, At the same time, he kind of always seems to struggle at the start of the season. He's usually a slow starter. But with this team, you know, struggling offensively as a whole, those two really need to be better leading the charge, and especially Patrick Kane. I'm not trying to put sole blame on him or anything. You know, last night he did lead the Blackhawks with six shots on goal and was probably their most effective offensive player, you know, and it... Good to see that, especially when last night, by the way, haven't mentioned this yet, was Kane's 1,000th game celebration. Really cool celebration there with Kane's girlfriend and uh, Patrick Kane the third, his son. Jonathan Taze was the one to give him the silver stick. Uh, it, it was a cool moment there, but would have been a, a lot cooler and more memorable had the Blackhawks came away victorious. It was kind of a forgotten little bit with the Blackhawks coming away with their fifth consecutive loss. But yeah, to me, Kane just needs to be doing a little bit more than he is right now. Um, And same with Jonathan Taze, man. You know, I know it was a long and tough hiatus for him off of the ice, but to not have a point now through five games, that's certainly a tough pill to swallow. And he's still clearly just kind of getting back up to the game speed and everything. That's been the most noticeable thing for me with Taze, especially being in attendance the last two games, his speed out there just, you know, he's never been the fastest of players, but to me, it just doesn't look like that part of his game is back up to being 100% yet. And also the decision-making, I don't think has been the best for him yet either. And that's kind of due to the rust from him not playing in so long. Taze made a couple of decisions with the puck on his stick last night that I was like, he's not that irresponsible with the puck on his stick ever. It was kind of odd to see so to me it's clear that Jonathan Taze is still trying to build it back up um but you know if the big guns aren't carrying the way for the Blackhawks this offense is going to continue to struggle so to me it starts with the top six forwards needing to be better for this Blackhawks offense but as for the Blackhawks defense and Kevin Lankinen last night honestly I mean they were pretty money I thought they did a really solid job for the most part and this was a, a stat that really jumped out to me that I saw from good buddy Charlie Romeliotis of NBC Sports Chicago. 
The Canucks only had three high-danger scoring chances at 5-on-5 last night, and they only had 15 scoring chances total in the game. So, the Blackhawks' defense, I thought, was really sharp. Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones, I thought, had another good night in the defensive zone. Um, Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy were not, especially Jake McCabe, has not been a... He he was not as big of a liability last night as he had been in the previous four games. So the Blackhawks defense, I, I mean, really no problems for me on that end. However, unlike the Blackhawks, the difference maker in this game was the Canucks just managed to make the make the most out of their quality looks, and they also found a way to chip in for a grindy goal as well by Tanner Pearson. So to me, defense, there's there's no critiquing this from last night. Three High danger scoring chances for the Vancouver Canucks at even strength. You do that throughout the course of the season, more times than not, the Blackhawks are going to come out victorious. And for Kevin Lankinen, he wound up stopping 21 of the 24 shots that he faced. Again, the box score is not going to say he had a great night, but if you go back and look at the goals that he did allow, none of them really you can blame on him. You know, the first one... That was poor coverage by the Blackhawks on the opening goal by Dickinson. There were four guys all in the area, but none of them took the man in the slot. Uh, The second goal for the Canucks, that was a redirect in front by Pearson. Really no chance for that one on Lankinen. And then the third goal that the Canucks scored came on a five-on-three, where Lankinen made a tremendous first stop on Besser's initial shot. He just wasn't able to gobble up the rebound. So as for the Blackhawks' team defense and their goaltending, that area really wasn't an issue at all last night. And in fact, in my opinion, I thought that was their best performance of the season. It's just the offense right now that is really letting this Blackhawks team down. By the way, I also wanted to be sure to mention that Dylan Strom, obviously it was his season debut last night. He nearly opened up the scoring for the Blackhawks on his first shift of the year. Debrinkit nearly found him back door early on in the game, but the puck jumped just over his stick. Overall on the night, though, I thought Dylan Strom was pretty good for the most part, especially for playing on the wing, because that's a spot where he usually struggles at, so that was good to see. Uh, and I think in that first period, he, Debrinket, and Henrik Borgstrom honestly might have been the Blackhawks' best line at even strength. So kudos to Dylan Strom for, you know, not looking slow and rusty in his first performance of the season. He did what he needed to do and uh, play hard, play smart, tough that he took a bad hooking penalty in the second period. But uh, aside from that, I thought his his night was really good. He only wound up playing 13 minutes, but in the time that the Blackhawks did give him, I thought he was pretty effective and did enough to deserve at least another game before uh, the Blackhawks even think about scratching him again. Last. The special teams for the Blackhawks continue to be the only thing that's that's kind of holding this team together right now. And with Debrinket's goal last night, the Hawks have a power play goal in four of the five games so far this season. That's really the only way they're able to find the back of the net at this point. And on the flip side, the penalty kill, even though they did allow their first PPG of the year, it came on a five-on-three, and on the night, they still went three for four, which now brings them to 13 for 14 through the Blackhawks opening five games of the season. So the po- the penalty kill and the power play, that continues to be probably uh, the biggest silver lining for the Blackhawks through this 0-4-1 start to the season. All right, there are all my stats and takeaways from last night's loss to the Vancouver Canucks. 
Coming up in just a moment, I am going to discuss the latest news on head coach Jeremy Colleton's job status. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and they now have a bunch of new flavors as well like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. They just sent me a pack of cookie dough chunk, which is, I actually can't believe it's a protein bar. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more tremendous flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. For segment three today, before I finish up the show, I still want to be sure to go over all the latest updates that are out there at the moment on head coach Jeremy Colleton's job status, which... Basically, everyone who's a Blackhawks fan right now is extremely interested in after this disastrous 0-4-1 start. Just like Matt Nagy for the Chicago Bears at this point. What great coaches we have in this fine city of Chicago right now. But yesterday, Emily Kaplan, an ESPN hockey reporter, for those of you who don't know, she covers a lot of stuff on the Blackhawks from time to time. Yesterday, on her show called The Point, Kaplan stated that She's been talking with a a lot of people around the Blackhawks organization recently, and the sense that she gets from those folks right now is that there's not even closed-door meetings at this point about head coach Jeremy Colleton losing his job. Kaplan also went on to say that the team, they're just not hitting the panic button yet. It's still very early on in the season here. But if this gets to 20 games or so and the results are still the same, then maybe we'll see a change at that point. But most importantly, Kaplan really just said that. It's not a situation where if the Blackhawks, if they lose two of their next three games or if they just continue to struggle for the next couple of weeks, it's not sounding like a situation where Jeremy Colleton would be on his way out in a hurry. And (laughs) I'm sure hearing that makes a lot of Blackhawks fans real happy out there, right? Wink, wink. Um... It's, listen, I've thought about this a lot, especially being in attendance the last two games, thinking about all the Blackhawks have done this offseason and what the expectations were and thinking about all the talent they went out and got. You know, I get the frustration with Colleton right now. I mean, this is an absolute nightmare through five games. Like, you probably could not have drawn up a worse opening five games of the season. The Blackhawks have not held a lead. They have not won a game. They can score at even strength. The defense was a disaster. It has tightened up, but it was a disaster for the opening three. The analytics are all against them right now, and the biggest fear now is basically that the Blackhawks decided to opt out of the rebuild, and they could be worse 
that's the thought that's going on through a lot of Blackhawks fans right now, is that they made the absolute wrong decision. And listen, I, I so understand the frustrations with Jeremy Calton. I get the booing. I get booing him during his intro. I personally didn't do it. I'm not going to do it. But I get it. I 100% get it. But to fire him five games into a season, we just don't know what we got still. Like, it's just too early for me, you know? And with all the new arrivals after, you know, Jonathan Tays being out for that long, the captain. It's just too early for me, you know? I kind of agree with the organization in a sense where if if we're if we're still here in three weeks, if we're still nearly a quarter of the way into the season and we're getting the same results, then I, don't get me wrong. Jeremy Colleton has got to go because that would be absolutely unacceptable to play a fourth of this season and to be worse than we were last year. Absolutely unacceptable. But I still think it's too early. And I know there are a ton of people out there who are going to disagree with me on this and probably are going to give me reviews saying I'm stupid for this, which is completely fine. Everyone's, you know, entitled to their own opinion. But to me, it's just still still a little bit too early. As I said, Latay's coming back from his illness. Jones and McCabe coming into a new system. By the way, Seth Jones has been pretty good, in my opinion, so far this year. Maybe not elite number one defenseman good, but Jake McCabe has by far been the one that's had the, the shakier start. Um, so I still see hate on Seth Jones on my timeline, and I don't really understand it, even though the people are like, oh, his analytics aren't good. Stop with the analytics. Like, can we watch Seth Jones and not record his analytics for the first five games? Wow, what, how much data are we really going to record in five games? Let's not do this any longer, okay? Let's give Seth Jones the benefit of the doubt and let's let him go out there and play before we make these predetermined judgments about him. I hate that. Seth Jones has been fine. And another thing to consider for me is that the Blackhawks haven't scored literally any goals yet. And I, I talked earlier saying about where is this team going to go from here, you know? Eventually, you know, this isn't going to happen for 82 games here. Eventually, they're going to be able to find the back of the net, I hope. Uh, Just based on the talent that they have in their forward group, I do think the goals are coming eventually. And then, once that happens, you know, if the system on defense still isn't looking good, if there are breakdowns, if, you know, the starts, the first periods aren't good, the third periods aren't good, whatever it may be, you know, once we can just figure out more what we have with this team, then I think we can dictate whether or not the head coach is the biggest problem. I know a lot of people have already made up their minds about that, but when you only score three goals, I mean, you you don't really know what you have. Like, and while a lot of people are blaming those three goals on Jeremy Colleton's system, at the end of the day, the players got to get the job done out there. You know, they got to execute. So, I think it's just as much on them as it is on Jeremy Colleton's system, if not more. So once the Blackhawks offense comes alive, hopefully that happens here soon. Um, once that happens, then I think we can give this thing a, a much more proper assessment. Because right now, it's it's a complete dumpster fire. Everyone's calling for Jeremy Jeremy's job. But it's just too early for me to send him packing when we just don't know all that much about the team at this point. So I personally, 
would like to wait a little bit more. But again, don't get me wrong. If things aren't fixed in the next couple of weeks by the quarter mark of the season, 20 games, if things aren't fixed, if we're getting the same results, I do fully agree that a change would need to be made at that point. And if that is what winds up happening, my, oh, my Blackhawks fans. The decision to fire Joel Quenville in favor of Jeremy Colleton could go down as one of the worst coaching decisions in NHL history. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, October 22nd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast as host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also go check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that Monday's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to to leave a voicemail. Excuse me. So until Monday's episode, the Blackhawks got a game this weekend against Detroit. Oh, man, can we please come away with a victory in that one? And thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.